Welcome to Full Advisor Coaching, the podcast with Kristen Harrod. From launching her RIA to guiding countless financial advisors, Kristen is your VIP ticket to reach new levels of success and fulfillment. Dive into growth strategies and grab next-level marketing, sales, and leadership insights to supercharge your business. Joined by industry experts, Kristen's here to help you do more of what you love. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the Full Advisor Coaching Podcast with Kristen Harrod. Kristen, hello. Hello. Nice to see you. This is our chance to get to know you, so let's just jump right in and ask you that question on everybody's mind. Well, maybe, maybe there are probably a couple of questions, but one of them is how, what in the world are you doing in this industry? How did you decide to get into the financial services industry, if you will? Oh, that's a great question. And it was by no means intentional, but it actually started right out of college. Um, when I was interviewing my senior year, I ended up interviewing with a number of financial institutions, even mm -hmm. though I was looking for a marketing position. And I was interviewed and gotten accepted to a training program at Chase Bank, JP Morgan Chase. Now yeah. I think it is. Mm -hmm. And so I launched into institutional trust, which was the division of Chase that I worked in, which I Still, you know, I, I didn't know what it was, but I was excited because I wanted to move to New York City. And um, that was where they were. And it was in a group of about 14 other college graduates. So it was, you know, sort of a formalized training program on working at the bank. So that launched me into financial, the financial arena. And then from there, you know, I started working through the modules that they take you through. You learn oh, operations yeah. and product. I mean, I was brought in to do marketing and product management, but they, you know, you go through, I processed bonds. I did all kinds of cool <laughs> things, which I forget, but I remember sitting there being like, like with the operations people, they take you through administration, they take you through sales and products and marketing. So it was a very interesting, the way they set it up to do rotations and get you obviously great, in with I, a training that, program. Clearly, they, they want to make sure you had a really good, solid background in the industry. That's yes. Cool. No, it was very interesting. And unfortunately, it was also really boring. Institutional <laughs> trust being boring? I know, boring. Processing but, bonds being boring? Really? Come on. <laughs> I know. I know. And I kept going, all right, well, you know, we were they were talking about something called a mortgage-backed security at the time. And I oh, was yeah. like, <laughs> all these, and I was like, interesting. Meanwhile, I was reading a book by Stan Rapp of Rapp Collins. And I can't remember the name of the book, unfortunately, but it was all about direct marketing. Really. Mm -hmm. So this was in the 90s, early 90s, and it was about direct marketing and how to create a one-to-one -one relationship with a consumer um, and how you can build that through the marketing efforts that you're doing and the client experience um, at all wow. points of the client experience. So I was lit up by this. I thought this was the most interesting thing. So uh, what did I do? I started it. I started looking up the direct marketing ad agencies in the in Manhattan. You'll direct marketing is a you know everyone does it now because it's what we do on the internet. But 30 years yeah. ago. Was it was like, I say it was the ugly stepchild <laughs> of advertising, right? So yeah. people are like, ooh, you're doing, uh, 
you know, it was all like credit card mailings and, uh, yes. you know, what's on the envelope or the OE, as we called it, the outer envelope. And it was kind of, you know, you go to the letter shop and it was printing and it was kind of down and dirty. And I loved it. I thought it was the greatest because it was all about, you know, you had a list, you had an offer, you had the creative and how does it come together to prompt mm -hmm. response from the target audience. So it was a really, really interesting field. And so what was what was the cool part was I found there was a job at Gray Direct, which was the largest direct marketing agency in the country at the time, which I did not know, but Gray Advertising is a big ad agency in New York. And then they had the auxiliary office of Gray Direct, like three blocks down in the like <laughs> the stepchild the, the less the le you know the the big one where they have all the media buys and everything was yeah. all fancy and glitzy and then we were like in the like smelly office quarter down the street but again absolutely loved it but i interviewed there and their account was chase mm. so they needed help on the uh personal finance section of Chase. So even though I was coming from an institutional position, it was really easy to sort of reposition myself to be like, and I understand Chase Bank, yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. um, right before the first year anniversary of my uh, training program, I jumped ship, took a pay cut, went to work at Gray Direct and just started doing as an assistant account exec, working on Chase home equity lines of credit, brokerage service, and I'm forgetting there was a, one more product, but I didn't even know what a home equity line of credit was, but I learned <laughs> and I learned all of the different rates and how it works. So that really took me into personal finance. That was really where I jumped into personal finance and started really, that's where I felt like I learned the absolute most. I mean, they broke it down and and I learned how to write a creative brief. I learned what how to look at an objective for a marketing campaign. And then what's the strategy and how do you position the brand and what are the tactics and follow-up steps? It was such good training. It was like amazing because I'd learned how to interact with a copywriter, how to interact with a an art director, the production people, how do you buy media, all of the different things that you needed to do to make these campaigns happen. And it was fascinating to me. And I ended up working there three years before I grew tired of New York City and said, mm -hmm. I better get out before I'm you know, jaded and worn down. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I didn't think I could do another winter. So uh, I had started exploring... <laughs> The West Coast. That makes me. Um, like, where did you? Did you? Did you? So I guess you're not a native northeastern person. Oh, oh no, I. I mean, I, I grew up in Pennsylvania, so oh, okay. I am. I'm from Pennsylvania, Central Pennsylvania, the Harrisburg area. Um, I went to college in Philadelphia. I went to the University of Pennsylvania, oh. and then. From the, always with an eye from early teen years to be like, I'm going to New York City and I will work in advertising. And and sure enough, I did. I did. I, I didn't know I'd be in the ugly stepchild, but I did get into the fancy. <laughs> well, yeah, well, no, I'm just like, I'm kind of, I was, like, I was amused by the, I didn't want to do another winter in in New York City. Well, <laughs> have you been in New York City? I know, but like by March. Oh, no, I, and I then, worked in New York City for, for no, and I love, no, and it's more, yeah, yeah, it was more the like, the wind and the, and the, just the, the grind of it all and kind of like the intensity of New York and oh, all yeah. of it coming together. And um, you can see, I'm like, I like the, I like 
more. I see a beach. <laughs> I like a beach. Yeah. No, not, and it was more also the just, you know, the intensity of New York and thinking, well, if I stay here, then I'm probably staying, you know, and yeah, I, no, I, I felt like I needed a new perspective. So um, I had visited California in the, the year before I moved and, and I was out in California and I was like, wait a minute, why don't I live here? What's happening? What's, What's going on? This, this is, is where really I should nice. be living. So yeah, that's pretty good. So I, I interviewed and ended up coming um, over to San Francisco. And uh, I worked at Charles Schwab in their in-house ad agency, which was really cool. Continuing the, again, planting these seeds of personal finance, yeah. getting understanding. I worked on, it was late 90s. So I had a website and I learned about how you put something into a develop the development to the production to the live site and all of those steps of what it used to be like to get something live on a website. We were, it was the year the Roth IRA was coming out. So we created this IRA analyzer thing where we compare, should you do a traditional or a Roth? And um, it really, you know, that's where I got into, you know, I worked with the mutual fund group to get their messaging out and talk to the advisors, worked with the advisors to get the personal finance. So that really, yeah. you could see it starting to form there, getting me aware of the industry and maybe how I so, might. I, so far, I can it. follow it. It's interesting. I can follow, I can see the thread that goes through it, you know, and yes. I can see, yeah. I, I can see. But where from Schwab did you make that jump into financial advisor? Because yeah, I so the, as you know, where did, yeah, where did no, that so happen? you could see the the thread of being interested in it and being like, well, now and then as you build experience in the financials, you keep going there, right? Um, sort of speeding things up. I did a number of different things, and I, I had some time in the internet space where I worked for a loyalty company that was bought by United Airlines. So I got a really cool, we went through the whole going public process, oh, okay. did fine in the public. I mean, nothing like I didn't, I wasn't able to like retire anything from that or <laughs> nor did I was too junior to actually even benefit more than like maybe a, a, a fun vacation or something. But um, ultimately I got to see the whole process from pre-IPO, through the IPO, through being acquired. We we bought another firm. So I saw that merging, the merger of that and how you bring data and various things together because I was in marketing working on that. And yeah. then we were purchased by United Airlines where I was able to, I was part of the integration team there that helped with the loyal this loyalty program with United Airlines and then Visa folded in and I got to be in these very high level strategic meetings around how to create new brands under the United the tutelage of United yeah, and Visa exactly, coming yeah. together it was fascinating absolutely fascinating so I learned about um, brand building and just the essence of like name creation and creating personality positioning all of the things that um, build a strong brand. And that was invaluable and helped me springboard into another job where I worked at an agency where Visa was our client. So then I worked with Visa and the member banks and trying to help the member banks promote a, a debit card loyalty program. And I bring all this up only because once you get into a place where you're you're thinking, wow, I really love the idea of personal finance. And I tried to frame working with Visa as like offering this loyalty program as 
Wow, this is, I tried to always find the benefit to the end consumer, right? Yeah, so, right. oh, I'm positively impacting people's lives, which I always thought through the entire piece of building the loyalty program. Everything I've done, I thought about in the terms of how is the end consumer benefiting from this? And I believed truly in the power of that. And ultimately, it was hard to continue arguing, like talking to a member bank, doing PowerPoints for a member bank. I was like, I need to have impact directly with a person, person an yeah. individual. Right. I need to individually impact someone's life. And so I started taking classes to become a life coach, thinking, uh-huh. all right, I'm going to do that. Okay. Um and which was really then the accelerant into getting into the field, because at the sure. same time, my husband and I were working with a certified financial planner for our own personal financial plan. Right. And she was developing the plan. And I, I said, well, what is this? I want, I want to do this work because this is very interesting. I was like the best client ever because I'd show up with my balance sheet and everything <laughs> she asked me to prepare. I couldn't make it easier for her because I was so interested in it. So ultimately, what I realized was life coaching is a great skill and it has a place. But to be able to have an impact in market, I kind of married life coaching with certified, you know, with a financial planning. And that is going, a financial. That isn't a financial advisor. That's why. That's what a exactly. lot of financial advisors are. That's yeah. what's and and once you are one, as people listening surely know you're spending a lot more time in the world of the whole life of a person versus specifically, should I buy stocks and bonds and what's the balance of the portfolio, you know? So uh, that really accelerated, you know, from there, I ended up taking a class, you know, the, the foundation class to become a CFP, just to get the survey course to be like, yes, this is what I want to do. And then uh, fast forward 20, end of 2005, I left the job from Visa and said, I'm just going to start my own RIA and hung up a shingle and figured it out. Wow. So I know I had no idea. I, I, I like the way you make that sound so simple too. I don't think a then- lot of people understand. <laughs> it's like, Becoming a CFP really really demands a commitment. It's a, it's a right, right. No, I know, and it and I was able to um, some of the work I had done at Schwab was able to help me have a little more context around financial advice. But I really didn't know anything about running an RAA. But I did know marketing, and I did know that I had to pick a target audience, and I knew I needed to get a niche, and I knew I wanted to offer more of a life coaching perspective to the industry versus the traditional, let me try to get the AUM and bring it in and yeah. manage that. So it, it was very intentional in terms around in terms of bringing together my background of saying, all right, well, first, if I'm going to start something, I need to know who I'm who I want to reach. And so I never did the I'll talk to everyone or anyone about what I do, because that made no sense to me, given my 15 years of well, you were marketing. Already, you were well versed in what you needed to do. I mean, seriously, yes. everything yes. prior led up to the point where. Oh, I know, I know. Isn't it fascinating when the sum, when you stand in a place and you're like, the sum of my experience has brought me here. Yeah, and it's like I still feel that way today, fifteen more years later. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow, everything I've done has taken me to exactly where I am today, which. Um, you know, it's all been kind of driven by a desire to help that person, that single person, and right. and the desire. Really, I've I've always been very attracted to 
money. I was a kid of the 80s, right? So drawn into some of that, you know, like the the greed concept, but more yeah. about like accomplishment, self-made, do it. I want to progress up my career. And then I realized, oh, I actually want to be in charge of my own success. Okay. I'm going to be, you know, I had wanted to be an entrepreneur for years, but I was kind of, you know, still in the corporate system. And then I finally, when I left to do the REA, I was able to make that jump in that I had yearned for for so long. So that was very fulfilling and exciting. Yeah, well, it's interesting because the extension of what you're doing now grows out of the yeah. There whole, we go. Yes, everything. yeah, yeah. Right. You're absolutely right, Bill. Absolutely right. Because what you know, what I was able to do is starting the RIA and getting engaged there and working with my clients as advisors started calling me saying, "How are you able to?" you know, attract clients in so quickly because what's your secret? What are you doing? And, you know, I, I talked a lot about niche and picking a right. niche and niche marketing. But then I found over time that while I had tried to escape the career in marketing and being in that arena to be in a service business where I could help people, Right. I actually found that helping advisors be better entrepreneurs and become more successful was even more fulfilling to me than the direct financial. Because like, planning. as it turned out, you knew stuff. You knew stuff that <laughs> the other- Right, other, right. Other no, and, and who knew? Because I thought, well, who doesn't know? Like, wouldn't you do? But it turns out, no, because a lot of people who get into the industry do it because they're very interested in the actual financial planning work right. and uh, the financial advice work and the money management or any element of it. There's so many fascinating parts to it. Whereas I found that my bigger skill is more around the bigger picture, the the coaching, the inspiration, which I loved that element of planning, but the technical parts of the financial planning, I liked it at the at the whole, but you know, I would lose some energy as I got yeah. into the detail. So that was less exciting to me, but I liked seeing the outcomes of the clients, right? right? When they experienced the success, when they started living the life they wanted to live, where they let go of financial anxiety. I loved that. And yeah. so as I started we're talking to advisors, you know, I was very, they all very passionate about helping clients in the same way. So I, I sure. had that immediate connection of we're all wanting to help people understand money better. We want them to live their life they want. We want them to let go of anxiety. We want them to be able to feel in charge of where they're going. But I I found a lot of advisors weren't doing that for themselves, right? So they were being entrepreneurs because they were seeking the same freedom that they yeah. were helping their clients reach, but then they were getting stuck because they didn't have the training or the background in, you know, business building, um, and, marketing, and sales. Because there's that experience. hole right there. There is the need for you, Ms. Yes. Entrepreneur, to like walk in and say, wait, there's an opportunity here. There is, yes. And it really came naturally over time and kind of converged because I was doing, you know, I, I decided to create a six-week training course for advisors. So I started that while also running my RIA. And I did variations of that in parallel for probably about five years. And then my husband and I decided, not then, we had been planning to move abroad, yeah. um, to take our children, live abroad for a few years before they got to high school. And so at the, at the point when we were 
getting ready to move to Bondi Beach right here. Um, the picture in my background, for those of you who are just listening, something had to give, right? So that's where I exited the REA. I had had some advisors working with me and one of them took a number of the clients and I focused solely on coaching and consulting for financial advisors as we moved down under <laughs> making meat. And so it was, it was, it was a, na- it was the right time to make the change. And so that was 2015. And I've been doing solely that work ever since working with advisors. Yeah. So I'm sitting here trying to think if you were just to describe what you do, you were like going to say, what's what my specialty is this. What is it? How would you how would you put it? Well, I used to really hone in on okay, the marketing or building a business or starting that, but I'll say what I do well is help instill confidence <laughs> in entrepreneurial growth-minded advisors who are who are seeking a bigger future and whatever that means for them. Yeah. And to give them that that extra bit of knowledge, support, inspiration, enthusiasm, and connecting them with what they need to be able to reach that next level of success. So I've really gotten in tune with that, especially over the last few years of just seeing that when I can connect with the RAA leader who is really focused, open-minded, right? Willing to take a look at at the bigger picture, willing to look, take a whole life view and find, realize that personal professional are no longer, you know, silos, right? That everything just merges together. And it's really about the constant dance of figuring out where to direct your, your resources in a way that's enables you to reach what you want to reach. That's great. Well, you know, the next episode of this podcast, we're going to talk more about that Yes, and, yes, and, and, and lay it out. But for now, in the time that we have left, you said a couple of things that have intrigued me. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> so let's let's find out a little bit about you. Okay. Um, and let's start with you moved back to San Francisco, obviously. But it, so mm-hmm. so you know when you put down roots, you got kids. Usually, when you have kids, that means you have a certain level of community involvement. So, what kind of things are uh, maybe maybe you don't <laughs> maybe you don't. But well, what, what do you do? No, that's a great question. And um, I do, you know, coming back here in 2018, after being away almost three years, we didn't have a very strong network. A lot of people had moved on or done different things or been kind of, you know, they'd continued on their path, which we were now an outsider, right? So it was, it was more difficult to integrate back in than we expected, Mm. um, which is, which is interesting because that is something that whenever... Now I know to plan ahead more for the next time, but we'll get back to that. But what do I do? So, um, I, you know, I, I went kind of full force and said, all right, how can I get involved? And, and it does come through the children as many times it can be. It doesn't have to. But for me, it was uh, my daughter was heavily involved in musical theater in middle school. And she was involved in this great program, local program, and they needed help. And they asked me, They, the director of the program said, you always ask really good questions. Would you like to be on the, would you like to be on the board? And so um, I said, oh, that's interesting. You know, I hadn't been on a board before. And I thought, that sounds interesting. So I've been now a member of the board of this nonprofit for a few years. And it's been very exciting. I, we had to, and I joined right prior 
six months prior to or right at right when the pandemic kicked in. So there Ooh. was a, a lot. It was heavy lifting. Oh, I mean, man. it was it was hard work. It was interesting and painful. And we we explored as meant. I know everyone's had their own story on this, but you had to look at when could we have the children back and were there masks and were there 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 was all you know they're all a, kind, no, we all know every we all know it was, a, it was yes an, and <laughs> and the arts got killed in terms oh, yeah. of funding i mean people we couldn't charge nearly as much to do an online program and it's hard to do a production we got creative but the revenues were way down and we had we to do a lot yeah. of grant searching and plus you know just to like look at it from the kids point of view you know people who perform like it they like to perform and right. performing during the age of COVID was not the same as no, know, performing no. in front and, of a and live And you kind of make the best of it. You yeah. can do a few show, a show or two on online using fancy Zoom technology, but it's sure. nothing like being in front of a live audience. As right. I found myself too, I would do some online presentations and be, oh. But then when you finally did get to be back in front of a live audience, it's magical. And to watch kids back on stage in that way was incredible. Now it's exciting. I'm getting back in and really looking at how can we get some financial security. Yeah. And, and I've been able to bring in, first I brought in kind of doing marketing help for them, but now I'm doing more in the financial arena, interestingly enough, just to help on the on that end. Makes um, sense. Which I think makes sense given your background. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that's been very fun in a way to be involved. But my, I have to admit, my very favorite thing is participating in both of my children have been on the high school wrestling team. Ah. My my son uh, just graduated uh, last year. And then shockingly, my daughter decided to transition out of musical theater and take up wrestling her freshman year. Get out of here. So she this had is, never. This is a very Pennsylvania thing for a lot of people who don't know. Yes, yes. You know, it's interesting. It's a very Pennsylvania thing for boys, not girls. So yeah. um, now I have this whole new world of girls wrestling, which is just fascinating. I love it. But I enjoyed so much. I was highly involved with my son wrestling and became kind of like the team mom who organized all the dinners and get the gets the volunteers together for things and kind of the point person for all the yeah. parents, which is just a blast. And then that's continued as my daughter took up wrestling. I'm like, well, that's I guess I'm going to keep actually. doing it. So it's been really fun. And I've seen both sides because they go to different kinds of meets, different tournaments and duels and just watching the kids all together and just be supportive of each other. Mm -hmm. And it's very vigorous, I should say rigorous pursuit. Uh, it's, yeah. it's not an easy sport. There's a lot of loss. You lose a lot. <laughs> um, yes, and you do. It's the resilience factor is is amazing to see in the, in the kids participating and, yeah. and my own children. And then when they get the success, it's amazing and it, it's just fun to be involved in that community. And I I absolutely love it. That is fantastic. Well, I, and I can relate just incidentally because where I live, I live in New Jersey, and wrestling has been a very, very, very big sport. Oh yeah, in this state for a, for a long time, and yeah, 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 and it does demand a certain resilience. Yes, uh, yeah, you it's know, so interesting. both 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 yeah. of my kids were athletes. You know, okay, but so I, I you know. <laughs> I hear it makes a coming. big it makes a big difference. I would say I grew up I was a swimmer in high school and college and I remember 
you know, swimming was also quite grueling and and Mm -hmm. intense and you never let up. But I remember saying at the time where we had a very good wrestling team at our school, I remember thinking, well, the only people who seem to work harder than swimmers are the wrestlers (laughs) because they have to make weight. So then I was like, wow. Okay. So I have great, great respect for the sport and what it does for what it does for just character and leadership and all of the things that aren't related to whether you win or lose. Right. Exactly. So tell me we're fast running out of time, but let's talk about you for just a little bit here. Cause I want to know what, what is it that you do for fun? Oh, great. Yeah. Good question. I haven't even mentioned my husband who I've been with for. Well, he, he, got, he got, he got a brief pass. He got a brief mention. note. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and in fairness. Yeah. So I think kind of, there's two parts of that. The fun, there's kind of our our look when we go kind of the macro look of saying like we get really excited about planning like what's the next big thing we're going to do right yeah. so we we took a year off in uh tw- before we had kids we took a year off in 2002 to 3 and traveled and um enjoyed not being employed so taking a <laughs> sort of sabbatical at the time but we went all yeah. over um, and did that. And that was a big, we planned for that. We made it happen. Then the move to Australia was a multi-year pursuit of like engaging and figuring out what are we going to do? How are we going to do that? Now in the big picture, we're looking ahead to when we're empty nesters mm. and saying, okay, well, that's coming soon. What's our next big adventure? So it kind of has a cadence of about every 10 years Okay, where we, we have this big picture fueling us. And then we have our day-to-day stuff, right? Yeah. So the next thing is, okay, where where can we go live for a year and live and work and and engage in a community at that once the kids Well, you are know, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because because of COVID, I guess maybe the one good thing, something you, know, you look you look for some good things coming out of a really mm-hmm. bad experience. But one of the good things that comes out of that is that we began to realize, wait a minute, I can do a lot of stuff from a yes. different place right. than where right. I am right now. So Yes, yeah. that's the very exciting thing. So we're actually looking at which island we want to live on oh, nice. to run our businesses from. So that that's a few years out, but it's it's the big picture fuel. So I'm very yeah. driven by vision and where I'm going. So that's important to me to have that in place. And then kind of day to day, what do I do for fun? Um, yeah. I love to work out. I, I I work out almost daily. I'm I participate right now in in a, a community called F45, which is I've been doing it for a few since right out of COVID. Um, it's like a, a mix of the hit fitness where it's uh, yep. cardio and then there's weight training and it, it's just a great group of people. It gives me every day. I you know I walk there. It takes me about it's about a mile. I walk there. I do the workout. I walk back, and it's a great block of time for me to step away from work, step away from family, and have time to think and listen to podcasts on my way there. Then engage, yeah. workout, get the heart pumping, then head home. So I I love that. Like I said, I'm very also involved in my kids adventures my son's at school so more so just chatting with him on the phone now and then <laughs> and then i love to get out and walk a lot we have a dog so our little jack russell keeps us busy oh that's um, a hyperactive dog yeah oh she's a blast <laughs> she wants she's not she wants, that she friendly. wants to go places 
He's not friendly and she's out and about and she's cute. Like she's wonderful. She came back from Australia. We got her in Australia and she came back with us. And we think she's still angry about us moving her away from the beach down there. Does she but, have an Aussie accent? The, do dogs have I know. Aussie we accents? Say, we say that. We always say that. We're like, is she barking like in a, in an Australian accent? We do wonder that as well. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, my husband and I love to try new restaurants. We're very, you know, mm. we like, we love to try food and wine and get out. San Francisco has a lot to offer. So that's, that's always been a big um, passion of ours. So we, we try to get out and enjoy the, the food scene, the restaurant scene here in the, in the city. Yeah, no, there is good restaurants in San Francisco. Yeah. And there and actually California wine has come a very long way. There's some amazing I was gonna California say, yes, yeah, so it's been really fun. And we recently joined a, a wine club run by a, a man who runs a wine bar around the corner who's who's a nat- he's been here. I think he's a native San Franciscan and he's had this We've been by it so many times in the years we've been here. And we finally yeah. stopped in in terms of also just getting involved into a new community and said, Yeah, well, let's. And he just said, You know, you get six bottles that they pick every quarter and you can try them. Then they do wine tastings. And it's fun because you meet the winemakers and you oh, yeah, can sure. talk with them and you can hear their story. So it's fun to hear how they're, you know, as entrepreneurs engaged in doing things. And it yeah. it's a fun, just a new pursuit that we've added in. So, or a different way of doing that. We've done wine tasting for a long time, but this is kind of a a neat way to try new things. Well, yeah, no, it does. It sounds like it also, it's like it personalized. It it sounds, it sounds warm. I'm I'm trying, I'm struggling to describe it, but it sounds like it's just. Well, this gentleman is so passionate about wine. Like he meets every, you know, I mean, he's been in the business forever. Yeah. So he has all these relationships and he loves to showcase newcomers and then bring in the sort of tried and trues and then tell the stories behind them. We get this big packet of uh, like a few pages store. He writes these stories about each nice uh, vintner. It's, it's a very interesting. Like I love people I've, like that. I love I people who are passionate about the things that they love. That is so cool. Yes. That is yes. great. Well, look, yes. name, name, let's, let's let's start to wrap this up. But, sure. but before we do that, this has been a very interesting conversation. So I don't know that you can answer this one because you probably answered it already. But <laughs> is there is there one thing that most people don't know about you that you, you might want to share now? Oh, that's a great question. And I think it's, you know, it really is that that I'm not afraid to shake things up. You know, I, I am not afraid to take a risk. Right. And the risks are different as I get older. Like I look at them differently, but I wasn't afraid. Well, not, I would say I was afraid, but I did it anyway. I, I get there afraid a lot and I do it anyway, which I think is really interesting. Like I did that when I left my original job that was like as secure as could be at the bank and went to, as my father said, a fly by night agency. <laughs> and I was like, for less money. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I'm not a, not afraid to pursue the passion in the context of the whole. So saying I can handle the risk, I will plan for the risk, or I'll just take it on. And and as I get older, I have, you know, obviously more experience and wisdom to have more of a plan. You know, when you're younger, you take yeah. risks and you're kind of like, all right, what will be will be. And you end up falling perhaps farther. But now you can do it more mindfully in a way that, you know, fits in the big picture and you're like, you know, just more stable and knowledgeable and aware of the realities and yeah. you can plan more for them. So in that context, what's your definition of success? 
That's a great question. I think it's a combination of fulfillment and feeling full in all areas of your life, which includes a freedom that comes with being able to do what you want when you want in the way that you want. I have trouble delineating between freedom and fulfillment because to me, they're to you know they they go together right it's i'm free to be the person i want to be and being that person and when i pursue all areas of my life and in the way that i want i achieve fulfillment right i think the pursuit of being full is what i consider success that's a great answer so many people have different answers i'm always fascinated to hear what those answers are but that's a really good one <laughs> Thank you. I like that one. Yeah. I, and like I, think that the, I think it's the pursuit of being full because yet we never are, right? Like there's right. always something more or something different. And I think it's that if you can be fueled from the journey of it, then that's almost its own fulfillment along the way. And and I can't promise you that I've mastered that, but I am acutely aware of it and have been as I've progressed in my career and in my life and have a few decades of experience behind me now. I see you see what matters from a small, even the small things along the way, which I think the more you can reset back to that, the happier and more fulfilled you can be along the way. Well, for what it's worth, I completely agree with you. I think <laughs> that's you, fantastic. I think Thank that's you. great. This is a really interesting conversation, and we're going to continue it in episode two because we're going to talk about what you're doing now and, and why why you're doing it and what kinds of services you're going to be offering the financial industry. But for now, I'm going to wrap this conversation up and I'm just going to say, you've got the attention of, you know, a few people at this point. So how would they reach out to you and get a hold of you? What's the best way to contact you? Right now, the best way is to go to fulladvisorcoaching.com. So it's fulladvisorcoaching.com. And in there, I have a splash page where you can enter your name and email address. And that way you'll be up to date on what's going on. And if you're listening to this recording many months later, you'll see a full website with everything there and ready. So that's the best way. You can also reach out on LinkedIn, Kristen Herod. You can look me up on there. I connect with everyone I can on there because I do spend a fair amount of time on there, but fulladvisorcoaching.com or look me up on LinkedIn. Kristen, thank you. Great conversation. I appreciate it. No, really great conversation. And listeners, if you're listening to this for the first time and you're not a subscriber, hit the subscribe button. It's like pretty easy. (laughs) That part's easy. Hit subscribe. That way you don't miss another episode of this podcast and you will know what Kristen's talking about. And it's a lot of interesting stuff. You do not want to miss it. If you like it, we'd humbly ask that you rate it and share it with other people. Spread the word about the podcast, please. For Kristen, for Kristen, I'm Bill Tucker reminding you to don't wait. If Kristen didn't teach you this, I don't know what to say, but go out and live your best life today. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to Full Advisor Coaching, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the follow button so you'll never miss an episode. To learn more about how you can become a part of the Full Advisor community, visit fulladvisorcoaching.com. Remember, stay connected and get notified as soon as brand new episodes release. Click the follow button now.
The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kristen Herod or Full Advisor Coaching.